Welcome back, man. Welcome we've, back. We've been Long away. time no see. Neighbors. Yeah, we've been away for too long. On the lamb. What's the deal? Oh, fuck up the audio already. Come on, Don't Bob. touch the microphone. Okay. Boom. Is yours uh, feeling good over there? I'm feeling good. You got proper height on that thing? Nice and tight. Okay. Fine, nice tight. and tight. Okay, I'm going to touch the microphone. The rest I even look the at it. Okay. Um, shit. We got a lot of ground to cover. Only an hour to do it. Yeah. We take off. It's, I'm going to say it. It's 11.56. This is the earliest, this is the earliest we've done one of these. I know. It was hard to get here. Sorry. I did that thing where you wake Sorry, up at yeah. 10.30. No, you wake up at, you wake up at 9.30 and then you can't get back to sleep. And then whenever. Why did you want to get back to sleep after 9.30? Because I didn't have to wake up so, until 10.30. Did you work last night? Did you have a late night? No. Neither. I didn't. I, no, it's, I'm, I'm on the tail end of my weekend, so I work tomorrow. Uh, so I'm finishing up my, um, my days off. But I have this problem whenever I have to wake up early or just, you know, in general. you got to be somewhere. You wake up, usually an hour before you have to wake up. And then you can't get back to sleep. You toss and turn. You go drink some water. You take a leak. And then... You want so bad to fall back asleep. And, and you want to fall back to sleep. Yes. And then... Minutes before you actually have to wake up, it's like, then the sleep starts setting in, and then you're jarred back to waking life by your alarm. About three, four minutes of solid, good sleep, and then it's it's over. You're getting there. Yeah. So we're dealing with a tired Kyle today? No, no, I'm fine. I'm in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. As he chugs uh, his first Budweiser of the day. Is that chugging? Okay. Of course it's my first. Sips it so daintily. Yeah. My bad. Um... (laughs) Yeah, today is Monday, February 1st. Big, wow. Big month for us. So we had... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a big month. My uh, niece's birthday is this month. I know that, somehow. My mom's birthday is in uh, a week, and uh, the Super Bowl is in a week. Is it? And I'm going to drive, after we get done here, I'm going to post this, this thing. This is pretty exciting. I'm pretty jealous about this. I'm driving to New Hampshire today. Yeah. For the primary. Just rented a car, JFK yesterday. Yep. Why did you go to JFK? That was weird. Because that was the cheapest. Uh, yeah, I got a car for nine days, eight, nine days for less than 300 bucks. Jeez. That's crazy. That's why I went to JFK. That's very cheap. Yeah. And um, they made me wait, so the lady said, well, find me when you get back, and I'll I'll give you a discount. So it might even be going lower than that. Wow. They're just giving those things away, those uh, Hyundais. It is a Hyundai Sonata, and I got a parking spot right in front of the building. So we're feeling pretty, 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 pretty good here. Um, and I just put on a temporary tattoo. Check this out. Oh, shit. Don't rip your shirt over it. See that? Yeah, it says lucky. Pretty badass, huh? It looks uh, real. Huh? It does look real. It's come a long way. I think I need to take a picture and put, and put this on the um, on the little blinks page on the. People might freak out. I think you got a weird tattoo. Well, I do have this tattoo, as we know. That's legit, and I went through so much pain getting this little little pussy thing. That uh, what is that? What do you think that is? I think that's a marijuana leaf from an agave no, plant. No, it's not a marijuana leaf. <laughs> is it an agave plant? It's supposed to be a shell. It's a shell. Oh, okay. I could see that. It needs some outline. No, well, that is the official um, logo of the... Well, not official, but it's the unofficial logo of the Camino. 
de El Santiago. Camino? No. Because <laughs> I the, thought you were serious. The Camino de Santiago, which is the pilgrimage long-ass walk through um, Spain that I did two and a half years ago oh, with my cool. nephew and my brother. So this was not my idea. You know, I lived 50 plus years with no tattoo. And then my, uh, we did this walk, 500 miles. Jesus. 2013. Um, it's and like when everybody gets their Iron Man tattoos after they complete an Iron Man. This it, is your Iron this Man. This is my Iron Man. So it 500 even, miles is nothing. I wouldn't even, on. but it was a month. So 30 days, 500 miles. You walk every day. You can do it. A lot yeah, of blisters, sure, but... a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah. But, you know, it's all part of the deal. But, um... My ne- I, but I, I wasn't not prepared or ready or um, eager to get a tattoo, but my nephew said, hey, let's all get a tattoo. We did this thing. On your wrist of all places. For- and this was the sign of the, the, the Camino. So anytime you saw this, you knew you were on the right path. And all these lines, the, the path leads to the same place. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a marker, a way to remember that. Just get so up. there's a bunch of other people you're converging with. Yeah, there's like nine or ten, multiple paths from all over Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we met some guys that did it from Germany, France. We met this old guy, like seven years old, who walked from I think Paris or Nice, I think, actually Nice, by himself. Wow. Yeah. So um, yeah, we just did 500. Those, those guys were doing close to a thousand, I think. So. That's my tattoo. My Did you nephew, camp along the way? Um, I was prepared to camp, and there was not a single night of camping. It was all little hostels. So you're just carrying a tent for nothing? Taking your tent for a walk? I didn't take a tent. Took, did take my ba- my um, sleeping bag. That did help. Well, you're going to need that. I don't know if I had a tent. I was ready to sleep under the stars, eager, willing to sleep under the stars. never happened. But it was good. So that's my tattoo story. And mm-hmm. I got a fake one that says, lucky, as I'm embarking on this little... One week. Are you planning on wearing a lot of tank tops? Because it's on your arm. You I'm going to be wearing a, probably a tank top every day. In New Hampshire in the, in in the beginning the, of February? That sounds really comfortable. 50 degrees, though. I know. Here, but New Hampshire is going to be significantly colder. No, this guy um, just sent me um, some screenshots of the weather forecast. It's going to be in the 50s. It's crazy. So we are staying. I'm going, I'm meeting Craig Tomashoff there. Craig is the author of that book. This book. You've seen the book. The Cantidates? The Cantidates. I got a box of 20 of these things. And tomorrow... This is the one David Duchovny plugged on Twitter, right? Yes. So Craig knows Duchovny. I know Duchovny. Craig um, got it to his manager, and he's got the book, and he he plugged it on Twitter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It resulted in the sale of one book, I think. A <laughs> <laughs> woman let me know. She's. I think she might be in Indiana or Illinois, but... So we're going up there to pump it up, talk it up, hopefully get some press. We got a book um, event tomorrow night at a coffee shop in Concord, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. True Brew Barista. Okay. If you're there, be there. And then on Thursday, we have a book event at a bookstore called The Toadstool <laughs> in Keene, New Hampshire. I want to go to Keene. I love Keene so much. You've been to Keene? You yeah. know Keene? So just do some mountaineering. In. Really? Well, like, I guess you... Keene you know, area? Alpine climbing. Yeah. Up at um, North Conway. You're in the Keene Valley, you know, Mount Washington, Mount yeah. Webster, all that good don't stuff. don't really know any of that. I don't... I'm not very familiar with the area either, um, but there's a couple high peaks there, and um, a lot of people go up there for um, pretty serious, good stuff. 
Mount Washington can be kind of grueling. Uh, we'll probably end up doing it in a couple months, hopefully less. They're skiing at Mount Washington. Oh yeah, there's it's the a, highest peak on the I think East Coast, right? I think it is. I think you're right. I should know things like that as a <laughs> avid climber. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Um, the, I think it's Wildcat. The ski situation up there is called Wildcat, I believe. Um, so yeah, you have like a mix of ice climbers and skiers when you're up there, like in the peak season. Yeah. And like when you're at the bar after your day of climbing or whatever, you you always want to not be recognized as a skier. It's like, it's, Why? Well, because you just feel more badass as a climber, and you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going skiing all day. No, I just did a, I just did a three hundred, three thousand, you know, meter slog. I'm not not three hundred, three hundred, three thousand. Um, it's early, Bob. I'm warming it's, up this mouth. All right, it's not easy doing this, these early chats, is it? No, you're finding out the hard way yeah, too. Sorry, uh, but it's a really cool place. I really liked it. We would stay in this little weird motel, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Been there a few times. No, just once. We're gonna go up there for like crevasse rescue and training for um, Mount Rainier. Oh, yeah. Is that happening? Oh yeah, it's Definitely. booked. It's booked? Yeah. For May? May 22nd, I believe. Paul going? Yep. Paul, Skip, and uh, this gentleman that we climbed with named Peter, who's really strong, really awesome guy. So, I'm dreading it. I mean, for one day, we're going to hike for nine hours straight to get to this camp, basically at the base of... Base camp, yeah. Yeah. And... Like a little wooden shack that you stay in for... I have no idea. That's where we stayed. It's going to be nasty. Looking probably a little wooden shack. I don't know if we'll be sleeping indoors or outdoors, but we're going to be prepared for either. I'm just worried. And then <laughs> because people die on that climb, mm-hmm. you should be worried. Well, I'm taking it serious. I just, uh, I just hope the fitness is there. Well, I told you about my experience there. You're uh, in shape. Yeah, I know. Your, yours is such an anomaly to hear. Like, yeah, I basically, yeah, I did it. It was fine. I was, I was okay. Well, I didn't say it was fine, but I said it was mind over matter, and I just slog through it and do what you got to do. Yeah, how steep was it? Uh, it was never like a full. Right, it was, I know it's pitch. not full vertical technical ice or anything. No, like it that. was just it was the altitude, and you know, it was like, uh, what is that? Like so a, quite 45, 33 degree. I was angle. gonna say thirty degree yeah. incline. At the mm. worst parts. Okay. Beautiful though. Yeah, I'm sure. We're gonna we're gonna do Mount Hood to warm up for that um, before we get on Rainier. So we'll do Mount Hood with my friend Lupe uh, that lives in uh, Portland. So we'll we'll do that as like a little warm up day. And this is on the same trip. Mm hmm. Because we're going to fly into Portland, I believe, and we're going to fly out of Seattle, I think. So we'll fly into Portland. The next day, we'll probably end up doing Hood or, you know, something else. Depending there on four of you guys doing this? There's four of us. And then if we have, if we meet Paul's buddy out west, then we'll do um, two, because that'll make us six with Lupe included um, for Mount Hood. So we'll do two three-man rope teams, which is ideal for mountaineering. Yeah. Um, to be roped up. I don't even know if people rope up on Hood. I think they do. Were you roped up on Rainier? Yeah. 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 And we're going to cross the Inman's Glacier um, for Rainier. So that definitely requires roping up because of crevasses and whatnot. So 
I don't know anything about crevasse rescue or anything like that. I can imagine a little of what it is, but that's why we're going to go back up to New Hampshire to kind of reacquaint ourselves with all that good stuff. What to do in the event that somebody falls right. in a crevasse and, yeah. and two guys are trying to save his life. Self-arresting and building snow anchors and shit like that. Oh, man. It's going to be cool. It's going to be... It's going to be hard work, but it'll be fun. I like that place. There's a really cool brewery up in Keene. I always forget the name of it, um, but the I can... brew house? No, it's like they, they do their own... They do their own brews there. Um, there's a mountain on the label, but they have a nice restaurant there. I'll think of the name of it. I'll, I'll, I'll get the name of it for you, and I can uh, port it to you so you can go up there when you're in Keene. Cool. Um, really, really, um, really pretty good food and really awesome beer. So, nice time. Nice. Pretty jealous. We are um, tomorrow going to a meet and greet with Ted Cruz. No way. At a like a um, a little restaurant, it sounds like mm-hmm. for ninety minutes. Hmm. What, are you sitting down with him for ninety minutes? I have no idea what the vibe is at all. Just yeah. that we RSVP'd and I got a ticket. I can't believe he won the caucus today. Yeah, I think Ted Cruz won it today. It's happening now. No, it's already like the results are out. Hillary and Ted Cruz. You sure? They're talk. I've been reading articles about it all morning. Oh, they project. Uh, well, the projections are new. Are, it's new, and it's the day's not even halfway over. The pro- I hate when they project shit <laughs> and they get it wrong. And well, yeah, all the votes come in because when they start projecting, when there's still five, six, seven, eight hours left of voting time. Well, as long as Trump doesn't win it, I would prefer to see Bernie Sanders winning the Democratic. But you know, I've been. Listening pretty closely. I mean, from what I read, the articles, like, I, I thought it was still, you know, being tallied as well. But from what I read this morning, it seemed like people were pretty certain. So. I thought Trump had a big lead. No. I don't think he did. Well, it's going to be fun. We're going to a Trump rally. We're going to the cruise God, that's going to be so weird. Why would you? Uh, why would I go? Well, I mean. It's fascinating. To, it is fascinating. If you don't get your ass kicked in that crowd, you just, you got to be neutral. It's got to be a. Yeah, down definitely. the middle of the road, observer. You can't go ranting and. Although I so want to just I know. ask some pointed <laughs> questions, and we'll see. We'll see if I can get that refrain. old foot in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. So oh, uh, we're doing that, and then Craig is going to be on a radio show Sunday night. There's a radio row where there's like three dozen radio shows from all over the country that are one spot. There's a big um, convention of. Of kind of uh, independent candidates that we're going to go to, we are <laughs> we're trying to save money on this thing too. Mm-hmm. So I got on Couchsurfing.com. God, are you uh, both staying in the same God. place? Yeah, he's with me the whole time. Uh huh. And we, are, I've never done that. Well, we are doing it. Have he, you done it? He's mm-hmm. never done it. Uh, I've done it like half a dozen times. That's. I did in Chicago the first time, stayed with a lesbian girl who um, gave up her bed for me, and then uh, the next day I got, I think I told you this, the next day I got a ride in a small private plane from a guy that was advertising on Craigslist rideshare board for Mm -hmm. rides, and he gave me a ride from Chicago to Buffalo in his shitty little ass plane with a... That's amazing. 
<laughs> it's in the book, actually, my book. BLB, check it out. That story's in there. That's a good one. That is a good one. I like that. Yeah. Was it cold? I, I, I feel it was, like it was cold. It was fucking cold. <laughs> and we were heading in a bad weather, and I had a, my brother-in-law is a, a pilot, and I had a friend that's a pilot, and they were both going. <laughs> that's dicey. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Wear a helmet. Was it uh, just you and the pilot? No, and then another guy responded on Craigslist too, this little hippie dude, and he mm-hmm. sat in the back, and I was up front with Chuck Taylor, Charles Taylor, and uh, it was, have you ever been in a small plane? I've jumped out of a small plane. It's one thing to be in a small plane. My brother-in-law and sister have a small plane, but... I don't like them. This was a stranger in a, with a, like a 50-year-old yeah. small plane, so it felt, <laughs> for sure, it was white knuckle all the way. <laughs> That's a long way. Chicago, Buffalo. That is a long way. Stranger. Oh my god. When the weather uh, reports are not adverse conditions, yeah, that's um, that's something I probably wouldn't do. That's my so that's my recollection of Buffalo flying to Buffalo with this fucker. Fuck. Um, How much did that run you? Twenty bucks. No way. He said, "Give me what you want." I gave him a twenty dollar (laughs) bill. I don't think the other guy gave him anything. He was going there anyway. It wasn't like he was. He was like going out of his way to get us somewhere. Yeah, well, you got extra weight on the plane. You got to think that costs fuel. That's true. Maybe that twenty was on on the light side. It didn't seem to mind though. So yeah, couchsurfing dot com. That was my for my intro to couchsurfing was at um, Zem's apartment, and then she five years later she ended up staying with me in Austin, the lesbian. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Because that's what happens. Somebody gives up to your uh, spare room, your bed, a couch. Sure. Shit, you're bonded for life. Thank you very much. Pay it forward. It's to a stranger. So I've done that. In, I did that in Chicago. I did it a couple times in New York. I had a guy that worked for Google actually give me the keys to his apartment. And he stayed with his girlfriend. And I stayed at his place for two nights. Hmm. Yeah. I don't understand people that... Because I've thought about doing Airbnb... And you got to pay for it. Leave, leaving for like a month, but it's it's such a weird thing to have like someone staying in your in your home. You know, I mean, you have a contract. Family, man. We're a big happy family of humanity here. I, I trust people. I trust people largely. Uh, I wouldn't have that much of a problem doing it, but I think just getting everything in order to where I'd be comfortable having someone come over and like stay in your shit for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Not take off with all my expensive items. That's why you hide them. You just get them, get rid of them. Don't have any, anything around that you, you would hate to see missing. I live in a studio. So you have no room anywhere. <laughs> I have a bunch of chests I could throw all my climbing gear in, I guess. But I'm primarily concerned about climbing gear and getting my Mac stolen. Yeah. Well, you probably have your Mac with you. Well, it's a Mac mm-hmm. Mini. It's pretty useless by itself unless you take a monitor with you. Oh. It's a box with no... Yeah, yeah, you could get ripped off. But the thing is, they they do a pretty good job of checking people. Right. I think. I mean, there's been there's a handful. There's always a handful of sure. worst case scenario cases. But yeah, we've had we had some good luck with it. We used it a couple times. So, what's your? Um, do you know what your prospective situation in New Hampshire is going to look like? Yeah, tonight we're staying in some guy's attic and basement in a in a inflatable mattress. On an inflatable mattress, not in an inflatable mattress. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be kind That'd of be weird. To, um, you never know; it might be actually. <laughs> yeah, shit. It's a, it's just all a wild card. <laughs> and and then so three people offered originally. Twenty-four year old guy named uh, Eddie, 
31-year-old guy named Ryan and this Brazilian girl named Graziella. Well, it sounds like you made the wrong decision. I would have went with Graziella any day of the week. Well, I changed the dates on her. She got back to me and and said, well, I'm going to be out of town that day because I tried to get her for next Monday, Tuesday. You've seen Brazilian women, right? I'm a married man. Craig's a 54-year-old father of two. This is, yeah. Eye candy, buddy. Okay. But uh, it was very... um, just ex- amazingly generous for a young single girl to offer up her her couch to two guys in their fifties. Yeah, that says a lot about her character. I I really admire that. So um, so she's out now. So now we're we're down to Ryan and, and uh, Eddie. And Eddie just texted me this morning and said, um, before you guys leave, you should probably bring some slippers or some. Or some flip-flops. Yeah, totally. Why, though? For when you're lounging around the house. Because he's got a really dirty floor? No, just because... So, I, I also wanted to bring up a weird um, room-share situation that I just had. Like, that's kind of indicative of what you're talking about. I went to the Dax a couple weeks ago to go ice climbing. Um, and... It's like... Um, we were staying in a cabin... Close to a place where I've climbed, bef- I've climbed before. It's a bit of a drive up. It's like three hours from Poughkeepsie. So we climbed ice in the Catskills. This is a three-day trip. So the first day we got up there at like 9 a.m. to the Catskills in Poughkeepsie. And we drove to the Catskills from Poughkeepsie. And um, we climbed ice all day. And then we drove up. We drove up to the ass end of nowhere is where, you know, all this ice climbing is. Like there's nothing out there. And you go down all these roads. There's like one house on one road that's like a mile long, you know, and it's a cabin and there was like 15 people staying in it, like two or three kids. So it's like a mix of ice climbers and skiers. And, um, the first night we got in kind of late, like around eight or nine and, um, everyone was just like hanging out, pretty much knocked out on the couch from doing their activity all day. And, we just hung out, drank beer, and uh, talked. And the first night we slept on this porch, on a thermarest and a sleeping bag, a porch that wasn't heated, but we had two space heaters, and um, we slept three in a row, side by side. Freezing your ass off? Did you have a good sleeping bag? It was fine. Yeah. Well, because I was coming from Brooklyn, Mike offered to um, bring a sleeping bag and a and a, a pad for me to sleep on, which I graciously accepted because. You don't want to... I was already hauling so much shit from Brooklyn anyway. Yeah. Ice climbing gear is not light. So you have all this crap with you. So he just offered to bring something. So he brought me a nice bag and a thermarest. And it wasn't really a thermarest. It was more like a pad. So we slept on the porch the first night. The second night, we got rooms. Um, so I, I was in this like weird double on a pitched roof. And I was like in a lofted bed situation. Yeah. And, um... With somebody else? No, it was just me. Uh, because everybody left that day. Because it was, like, Sunday, I think. So everybody left that day. And, um... It was, a, it was a good night of sleeping. But I woke up. I had that, that moment where you're sleeping in a weird situation. You wake up and you're like, where the hell am I? So I had that. Um, which That's you're gonna get fun. tonight. That's always fun. Yeah. Like, completely bizarre dreams. And then just waking up, like, not knowing where you are. And, like, <laughs> can't lift your feet up because you're on the pitched roof. Mm-hmm. Um... But it was weird, like, just being with all those people. You don't know any of them, and you're... I was weirded out, and Mike is also, like, doesn't like to get in big social scenes like that. So I 
I understood. And um, the whole the whole time going up there, I was kind of weirded out, like because you're like basically in someone else's space. I don't know. It was just weird. You're just, not comfortable with that. Not generally. It's just so many people. I don't really have social anxiety, but just a lot of people, and they're all like, you don't know, most of them eating granola and doing stuff. Fucking hippies. <laughs> I just don't want to be around hippies. No, I mean, like, I was, besides the kids, like, I was definitely the youngest person there. Like, everybody I climb with is generally older than me, and it's just weird being... Being around a bunch of old people? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, everybody I hang out with is, like, older than me. You're yeah. older than me. We hang out. Pamela, she's, you know, older than me. Like, everybody generally outside of work that I hang out with is, you know... 10 years my senior generally speaking so but the slippers thing full circle right Mike brought some slippers and I was like oh that's a great idea I'm the asshole walking around in you know dirty socks dirty socks so yeah that's why he wants you to bring slippers just because it's more comfortable for you probably I don't don't have slippers I don't have slippers either I mean I have slippers but Pamela uses them to go smoke in so I'm not going to like take those anywhere because they've been like out on the street Oh, the beauty of having a good pair of slippers is that they never leave the house. You don't have to tell me about that, Bob. That's the key to some... I know. I just... We were just looking at the LL Bean catalog two days ago, looking for some slippers. Yeah. They have great ones. Yeah, those... those the moccasins. cottony, yeah. furry things. The cotton on the inside yeah. is so soft. Yeah, I need some of those. I need some of those right now. It yeah. sounds like... It's too late. So, yeah, I'm going to be tra- traipsing through some... Uh, some people, some strangers' homes. Some feces. Not feces, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully feces free. And then uh, on Monday is... Is it Monday? Monday or Tuesday? Next Tuesday is the the New Hampshire primary. So we'll be in the thick of that. There'll be parties everywhere. And yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm taking these mics right here and hopefully get lots of content and do some podcasts, get some material, and, and uh, meet Donald Trump. Phil, a lifelong dream. <laughs> oh, God. He, I just... He makes my skin crawl. I know. He's such a disgusting thing. But what do you do? The thing is... Do you have that moment when you're face-to-face with him where you go... Where you, in not so many words, let him know exactly how you feel about him and risk having a, a incredibly embarrassing, humiliating moment? Or do you just suck up like everybody else does and... I don't think you're going nice to... Nice to meet you, Mr. Trump. I don't think you're going to spit in his face or, you know, give him any guff. I think you're going to... I want to come up with a line, just the perfect line. Yeah, stew on it as you drive up there. That's, yeah. Hey, if you got... Oh, God. I should put that on Twitter. Going to a Donald Trump rally, what question would you like me to ask? Yeah. Yeah. Ted Cruz, too. You should definitely... Get back on Twitter and let Bob know what questions. Hi, Neighbors Pod on Twitter. Yeah, this is going up today. Oh, yeah. Let me know. Yeah. That'll be... Uh, That's a good... Or, or just post it on the Facebook page. The Hi yeah. Neighbors Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll relay it to Bob because <laughs> that would be awesome. That and Cruz and Trump. Chances are we're not going to get close enough to Trump to ask him, but uh, it sounds like Cruz is still in play. So let us know. He's the front runner. I think you have a better chance of um, running in and getting FaceTime with Cruz. Yeah. I feel like we're going to just see these people around town 
You might, or, but you know the security detail and all the rest yeah. of it. It's not like they're just going to be rubbing elbows with all the natives. That's what they're supposed to do. It's called campaigning. Well, I know, but they have like. Yeah, they got Secret Service. Going well, yeah, well, around. and they have like distinct spots that they're going to hit, and like yeah. they're going to go to like Mary's Cafe and like do a thing for an hour, and then they're going to move on to. Johnny's Coffee or whatever the fuck. That's where we're going. Rob's Cafe. There you and, go. Um, to meet Ted Cruz. To a little restaurant. I can't wait to hear how this goes. <sighs> the ball's on you. Oh, yes. Very, very exciting. So, uh, yeah, as soon as I get this done and packed, I'm going. Got a five, six-hour drive ahead of me. It's not bad. I love road trips. Yeah. Yeah, I rent a car. I like driving, so it'll be good. Yeah. A lot of well, time. Well, driving yeah. action. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Where, what the fuck you been doing? How's, um, your, how's work going? Work is just weird. That place is so Can weird. Can you talk about it? Yeah. Have you been reviewed yet in the Times? We've been reviewed in the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So after that review came out, it was a distinct, distinctly different crowd coming in the next day. Like, people Whoa. coming from Manhattan, bringing their shitty bottles of Alban Viognier... And their red Cabernet Sauvignon, and like, it was just so such a weird scene the other night. You saw the change in a day. Yeah, basically. Really? Yeah, and I mean, this, this was it a rave review then? It was quite good, but it wasn't a rave review. Um, it they make light of you know how serious we are, kind of like just saying like it's a a fun and convivial environment. They weren't making fun of us, but they were talking about how casual it is, basically. It is. It is. It and totally what's wrong? Is. is that bad? No, not at all. The The woman who wrote this review isn't particularly a good writer, in my opinion, so... She's in The New Yorker. I know. Well, that's the part of the deal. doesn't matter. Um, I think it was a good review. Just being in The New Yorker in general. Like, Tables for Two is, like, a big deal, you know? <sighs> It's a big deal. So, Did you know when she was there? Actually, we missed her. And then when we were talking about what table she was at, she was at table 51, and like they had some snafu happen where like they lost something, like an earring or something at the table, and they're all like looking around under the table, and I was trying to help. And there was like... You were looking for something under the table at her table? Well, yeah. Whenever your guests like, drop something, like you offer to, like, your assistance. It's right. Just but you didn't know it was a reviewer for the New Yorker. Yeah, nobody knew. Looking up her skirt under the table. No, sure, it's not. Hey, I'm a professional. No, yeah. Um, but we didn't even know she was there. And then um, we found out because they called wanting pictures and notes about dishes and whatnot. So then we're like, oh, fuck, it's happening. But, you know, Chef openly says, like, I don't give a fuck about any review other than the New York Times. So there's really? that. Well, I mean, yeah, essentially that's what's most important. So, yeah. I mean, he cares about press and everything, but the New York Times is the end-all, be-all of New York restaurant reviews, Yeah, pretty much. So, it, it was a good review. It read well. And um, things are just crazy around there. Like, we've just been so busy. It's not a well-oiled machine yet. And just a lot of tension and stuff because we're just, we're, at, we're like, we're getting too successful for our own damn good. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, falling on your own sword, you're a victim of your own success, shit like that, because we can't handle the volume or this or that, but... It's too busy? It's, it's a little too much. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to close the book and people are calling on Saturday night and they're like, yeah, I just want to get a reservation for two tonight. And I'm like, okay, what time? They're like, 8 p.m. I'm like, not happening. And welcome to come stand at have the you bar. you read about us in the New Yorker? Hello. Yeah, so a lot of people just think they can call, like, because it's in Brooklyn and just get a reservation for four people at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night, which is never going to happen. So it's just been crazy, just, like, solid, like... foolish. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a good restaurant, so things are going well, but we you just run out of shit. Our glasses break so easy, so you're running out of glasses. Uh, people are probably throwing silverware, silverware away when they're clearing plates. Running out of silverware. You can't polish the shit fast enough to get it on the table. There's seating tables that only have, like, napkins on them, not, like, a full setting. Uh, Things like that are happening, and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to to, to negotiate, to navigate these weird choppy waters. But, you know, I think once they put in this other addition to the bar and they can make cocktails at two different stations on the bar, because right now there's only one cocktail station and sometimes you wait 25 minutes for a cocktail. Whoa. Shit like that. Sometimes I hold a food order because I'm afraid they're going to get their food before they get their cocktail, oh. which is terrible. So I'm just holding Whoa. the order. And then when you hold an order, what do you do? You fucking forget to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky for me, and us, uh, we have a very patient clientele, and I always think honesty is the best policy, and I just went up to these two uh, this, these two chicks, this couple the other night, they were really nice, and I was like, hey look, so I just want to make sure you got your drinks, the food is on the way, I just didn't put your order in because the bar's a little backed up, but I can assure you the, you know, these couple cold dishes are coming on their way very soon, I, I rushed it through with chefs, so... He's plating it right now. I just want to let you know what's going on. They're like, yeah, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Times like that, you just pour a little extra wine for them or whatever. Keep them happy. But, so stuff like that goes on. And it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's, you know, a busy restaurant and you don't really have all the tools you need. But it's going to be fucking hot. So, when spring comes around and we open our rooftop bar, it's just going to be. Oh, my God. You can't handle madness. it now. Well, how's that going to work? You're just going to stack more. and Do they have a bar up there? Yeah, there's a bar up there. There is. Mm-hmm. So that'll have all the... It's a beautiful view of the BQE. It's right on the level with the BQE. It's hilarious. It is? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, you can see Manhattan, though, from up there, right? Or is it blocked? Maybe. You, I don't know. I haven't looked that direction up there. I think I've only been up to twice. mesmerized by the BQA. Didn't even bother to... No, I always make up. jokes about it. People are like, what's upstairs? Because people always want to know this shit. Yeah. What is that? What's going on up there? <laughs> and you're like... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's going to be our rooftop bar in the spring. And they're like, oh, my God. And, like, New Yorkers just start to salivate when they hear a rooftop bar. Yeah. Especially in Brooklyn. There's not a ton of them. So... But it's fine. I mean, everything's going well. I'm like the golden child of that place I feel like such an asshole because yeah. I just get the exact schedule that I want I'm like I want to be off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday I don't want to work brunch I don't work lunch when we start lunch I just want to work Wednesday through Saturday nights that's it so I finally first got my first real paycheck a couple weeks ago and then I got screwed last week because we had to close Saturday night because of the blizzard oh you did? yeah I think everybody you know shuttered their doors I have a good blizzard story I don't know what you did on the Sarah, blizzard, other man, than the sledding. hunkered down and went for a walk the next day. It was beautiful. I was hunkering down, and I called into work to, like, see if we were... All right, I texted a manager, and she's like, yeah, we're closed. And I was like, all right, pants are coming off. And just... I'm going to get naked all day long. Just going to watch TV. 
Um, so I was in the midst of doing that, and then my buddy Peyton, um, whom we all know and love, texted me. He's like, well, I'm eating a burger right now. Do you still want to see Star Wars? And I forgot about the uh, drunken promise I made to him that we'll see Star Wars. And I was like, where are you? And he's like, I'm in Williamsburg. I'm like, okay. Um, are you going to the, the Williamsburg cinemas? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you even know if they're open? He's like, I don't know. Why don't you call them? I called them. They're fucking open. Yeah, the Williamsburg Cinema is open during this blizzard, and it was a crazy blizzard. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll get out in it." Because it's the people are talking about how it's like once in a lifetime blizzard situation. Yeah. I was like, "All right, let's do it." I'm kind of used to the conditions. I didn't give a shit, so um, I went out <laughs> out my door, and I, just the wind is blowing. You see the snow whipping around. It was just it was bad weather. Yeah, and it snowed for you know like twelve hours straight, basically. So. But it was over in a, in a day. That's the thing. It yeah, well, it started like at 2 or 3 p.m. On Friday or Saturday? On Friday. Maybe 5 p.m. It snowed all day. And it just Saturday. went all night and all day. Like, it started that night, Friday night at work. It went. It started then. And then when I left, um, when I left um, for the movies, Saturday night, it's still snowing. We cut it. The subway was running, right? Yeah. It was crazy going down into the subway. You could see all the snow, like, just been blown down, like, basically into the subway entrance. Wow. It's, like, just, like, all over, like, just snow banks on the stairs. Jeez. It was intense. And I walked by a little Korean bar that I'd never been to before. It was really weird. It's, like, a Korean bar that's ran by white people that serve, like, authentic Korean food. And I took note of that place to come back to after the movie. And uh, saw Star Wars in 3D. Nice. I was a little stoned. It was really badass. It was a lot of fun. And I'm not a big Star Wars guy. And it was a good movie. I cried maybe three times. Whoa. <laughs> wow. So yeah, then Peyton and I, we watched the movie. Did you let Peyton know how much we uh, we enjoyed his, his show? How much we enjoyed him uh, hijacking our podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have him back because I want to tell him how much he undersold that, that Austin's web series he did. I know, I, I agree. He was great in that thing. He was really good in it. He was really good in it. I watched the rest of it, did you? Yeah, I watched the whole thing yeah. within that day or two. It was The episodes are set out weird. Like It's hard to figure out like where you are on them. Yeah. And you had a much easier time finding it than I did. It was difficult for me to find for some reason. Really? That's, mm-hmm. that's not good. But, but he, he kicked off the whole thing. And yeah, Masterclass, watch it. It's hilarious. And by the end of it, it's just, they're all such bags of shit. <laughs> He's good. I'm surprised he hasn't got any work from that thing. I mean, I thought he was great in it, especially the first episode, first two episodes where he was, like, yeah, because he's the straight man, and like when the straight man is like funny and you know, I mean, I thought he was good. I was really, yeah, I was really entertained by it. I thought they should have used him better as the thing went on because he was so strong right out of the gate. Yeah, they like he said the director like I guess he didn't like him or something. <laughs> they really gave it to him. Yeah, but that was part of the that was part of his character and he made it he, he took it personally. Well see I'm really sensitive. I'd probably take it personal too. I don't know. I mean maybe he read into it too much and it wasn't as personal as he thought it was. It was an easy joke to make. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. Well I think that the repetition is what really got to him. Oh well, that's what makes it funny though. Yeah, I know. Well and he, and the director probably knew it got to him and, and that's yeah. exactly why he did it. <laughs> Kept on picking. Brilliant directing. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good. So him and I just went to the Korean bar after, and I ate some weird hot pot. Like you would love this place, actually. 
Bibimbap. They have that. Yeah, it's really good, and it's better than the place in your old neighborhood. This is badass. We talked well, about I'm telling you what, if you think that's good Korean food, you've got some shit to learn. You need to go to K-Town, and you need to go to this place in Williamsburg, and I don't often say that. But this place in Williamsburg is like, it looks like a hipster-ish, really nice dive bar, and then like in the back, like through this like hallway, it's like the dining room, and it was packed in there wow. on the night of this blizzard. We just sat at the bar. The only problem I had was I didn't like any of their beer. They didn't have Budweiser, which is totally fine to not have Budweiser, but they didn't... Did not have Budweiser. They didn't really have great things as well, but I just drank, like, three different beers, and then I was just done. I was ready to go. But uh, the food was really good. Nice place. I don't know what it's called, but I could, I could pin down that location. Where is it? It's um, right off the Bedford stop on um, Driggs. Walking the to the theater. The train? I mean, the, the L train. train. The L train. The L train. You're going to have to take the G to get to that, buddy. We've been having fun um, exploring our neighborhood. And there's some great... We just came upon two awesome places last weekend. And that's what's great about this neighborhood is there's stuff just... You just fall into. There's no fanfare. There's no big signs. It's just like, hey, what's this place? Walk down these stairs. It's a whole different world of people having a good time, eating yeah. good foods. That's the thing about Brooklyn. You walk, you walk for four or five blocks, and you're in a completely different neighborhood. Like it's yeah, totally for better or worse, different than what you just came from. We got a great place, a block and a half from here that we hadn't even heard of, and, and we go over there, and it's like a restaurant, bar, and a little and a butcher, and like a little health food store. All in one. The butcher is the most important component of that. Yeah, it's more like the... Deli? Deli meats, yeah. We're still going. I made an awesome brisket last week. You should yes. go to... Um, oh, you did? Yeah. In your oven? In our, my crock pot. Our crock pot. Brisket in a crock pot. Yes. Yeah, it's got a um, recipe off the internet. And, you know, you have like four or five meals off a big old piece of... $40 brisket. Yeah, first night you got the roast, then you got the sandwiches, <sighs> then you got the cold meat in the fridge that you're standing at. You got 1 a.m. Breakfast talk. <laughs> breakfast tacos. Yeah, you got it all. It's a, it's a pretty, it's my new favorite meal to cook. Brisket. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've been eating a lot of BLTs lately. BLTs. I love a BLT. I do love BLT. I haven't Man, made one in you. probably 10 years, though. What? I know. Do you remember I, how satisfying a good BLT is? I'm going to eat a BLT today when I, I eat love them. the lettuce. That's and that's the only about the only time I like mayonnaise is on a BLT. The trick is putting mayonnaise on both sides. Yeah, creates a barrier. But I feel guilty about eating bacon. Why? Because of the industry? Because it's not good for you for one thing, and mm -hmm. I do other things that aren't good for me. So just maybe sprinkle some just, Lipitor on it as you as you enjoy. I'm at the age now where the uh, pharmaceuticals start to become a potential reality, and I'm really hoping to avoid that mm -hmm. for as long as I possibly can in my life. So red meat's better? So far, so good. Red meat is probably better, right? Not no, no. so much. It just seems so... F yeah, you're right. I gotta eat bacon. I gotta go back to at least bacon once a week. Can't live without bacon. Yeah, I don't get bacon burgers, I, but I do love BLT. I Pamela do. went to a Korean... She went to a dinner with um, 
a couple of her old co-workers, and um, it was in K-Town, um, and she went to a Korean grocery store after that because I was begging for Korean barbecue, and she made Korean barbecue, and with all that, you get, like, a bunch of kimchi, a bunch of little accoutrements, you, like, kind of put everything in the lettuce wrap, and voila, with the short rib that you've been marinating forever. Yeah. And, um... Is that what she did? Yeah. And it's really delicious, and so you're left with all this kimchi and all these other little things, and so she makes... Kimchi chige, which is like a soup from kimchi. You basically just put a bunch of kimchi in a pot, two cups of water, and half a package of sliced bacon, Ooh. and let it simmer. Not and cooked. Yeah, and the soup will cook it. Wow. And then you make this, and it, it creates this really delicious spicy ass broth. And heavy on the bacon. Yeah, she goes heavy on the bacon. I like give her most of my bacon I just basically want the kimchi and the broth oh and you can also you can eat it just as soup or you can put like a cup of rice in your bowl and then pour the soup over it oh yeah yeah oh. it's fucking delicious mm. so I ate that twice I've been eating a lot of kimchi I ate that twice in the last like week or two I don't like the kimchi I'm not a fan really yeah I mean it's stinky we got some in there Molly just bought some at that place I was telling you about. And it, yeah, it is sticky. She opened it up and the whole, <laughs> out my whole apartment. Oh, yeah. Did you have anything in your book that you wanted to get to? Uh, we already covered politics. Um, we covered the blizzard. Um, That's two Z's, by the way. Blizzard. I was wondering <laughs> that when I wrote that today. I was like, is there two Z's in here? Yeah, double Z. Um, I saw on the way here... This woman person, she as her as her lock screen on her iPhone, it was just a picture of her all done up, and she just kept staring at it. Aww. She like the phone would go back to sleep and she'd wake it up and look at it some more. Just to stare at her own face. Are you sure it was her in the picture? Yes, definitely, definitely. You think this is the prettiest I've ever looked? Yeah, and. I immediately hated her. <laughs> How about some pity or empathy for her? Why? It sounds like she was sadly looking at her, her picture. <laughs> you think it was just pure narcissism? Narcissism? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, Did she look good or? No, she wasn't attractive. But in the picture she was. Somewhat. Maybe. That's maybe. it. That's it. She had that. She, she looks. Hit. She looks better in the picture than she did on the train. And she knew it. And she wanted to get back to that place. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was an observation I made. Pain and longing. It's sad. Don't hate her for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's something gross about like that kind of overt narcissism to where you're just gonna even like put your own photo, like just you, like making the duck face at a selfie as your lock screen. Yeah. That alone. Gets me going. Yeah. And then to just repeatedly... I'm to show you my lock screen now. Shit. She was staring at it for, you know, 15 minutes. That's okay, because that's you and your buddies. Me and my brother and my nephew at the top of a hill in Spain. Getting tattooed. Pre-tattooed. Working for the tattoo. Working for Earning it. The Earning tattoo. it, exactly, yes. Fuck, yes. Um, so I, know, I mean, I know what you mean. I, I despise the the, the self absorption, the narcissistic culture, and I try personally to avoid that kind of behavior in myself. So it's a real struggle. It's like everyone with their selfies. It's like, yeah, 
30 selfies in a week on Facebook. It's like, you cannot be followed any longer. You gotta go. I just bought a selfie stick. No, you didn't. Well, it's more... You're gonna for, need it for this. It's thing. more for holding up and the, the holding up my can't my yeah, Everyone, everyone behind you is gonna love that. It's a small one. Like, it's more... <laughs> it slides up your sleeve. It's only that long. It's not that long, but... Um, I know. And the, the thing is, when I was traveling around doing my Volkswagen van thing, I used to take a lot of selfies. I just, as a way to document here I am. That's understandable. Where I am. But the pose of the duck face, duck lip. Yeah. With the tilted head, heads touching the girl next to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it drives me crazy. And like, in my industry, you see it all night at work. And it just makes me go crazy. And... I see, like, tables taking selfies of themselves, and I'm like, do you mean take a picture of you? are like, no, we're okay. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just rather have a proper picture rather than, you yeah. know, a weird selfie of you guys sitting in a booth, you know, at Kyle's Cantina? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of the angle, or I think it's aesthetically bad. Yeah. You know, and people always just make the dumbest faces, and I'm just boiling under the surface. Uh, it's exhausting. You're seeing it a lot, though. People I see are, it all the time. Yeah, people are taking pictures of their food. That really gets me, but, like, I'm so used to it, I'm just like, whatever the fuck. I, we do that just to document what we had so we remember the next time we go back there. <laughs> I had this last time. Show the guy your phone. The what? No, whenever you... Oh. No, no, just for us, just to, like, what did we get when we were here last time? Yeah. We can never remember. This is understandable. Yeah, but to... I don't, I'm not... I don't think I've ever posted you know a who's the worst about picture it? on Facebook or Twitter. You know who's the worst? Pamela. No, well, close. Asians. Oh. They take pictures of every fucking thing. Everything. I've I've been I've I've been waiting on tables like fifteen course tasting menu and they got their DSLR out and they want to take a picture of every single thing and it's like by the time they've snapped their picture, their five pictures or however many they're gonna do it's called it's dead yeah it's done it's like you you missed the sweet spot yeah you need to be eating not taking pictures you need to be focusing on this experience and not it's like you know be here now it's like the, the like when you're taking a vacation you're just looking out through a lens like yeah soak it up enjoy the shit why do you think that is for that culture because they were doing that when I say they that's that's a gross generalization obviously but Let's face it, Asians were known for having the camera around their neck and taking pictures pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but... What is it about that culture you think that, that needs to document? I'm going to get a little deep here. I think it's because life is fleeting, and, like, you have to capture these, yeah. these moments, and, like, people feel, like, paranoid that, like, if they don't take a picture of it, it never happened. Like, I climb with a guy, and he says, if you don't take a picture of it, it never happened. And another climbing buddy of mine, he's crazy about taking pictures, and he tells me his camera all the time. He's like, I'll get a picture of this. And I'm like, okay. But, like, when I got him on belay, like, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, getting out of camera with gloves on and, like, taking a picture while making sure he doesn't die if he falls. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've expressed this to him many times, but if he's in a good spot, I'm like, all right, I'll get a picture now. And then, like, put the camera away. I'm like, all right, we're back on. Let's go. Let's climb. Yeah. And, um shit like that but then I'll go out climbing with Paul and we don't take a single picture all day and I'm just as happy yeah some people just want like Skip is really good about like documenting all of these things and like 
11.30 at night, you get home from the gunks, and you got 30 pictures of, like, what your day entailed, and it's awesome to yeah. have it documented. Yeah. yeah. We always call him the scribe, or, you know, like, we always talk about how big of a photo whore he is, but... More often day, you're happy he did it. You know, I'm always happy he did it. You don't want to be doing it yourself, but you're happy somebody did it. Yeah, I exactly. I'm not particularly a good photographer. I get some good ones every now and then, but... Um, I'll take, like, 30 pictures of one dude on one climb, and then he'll just delete, like, you know, 27 of them and keep three. It's, yeah. you know, you got to get a lot of them, but I, I I never really, like, just need it. Like, if Skip wasn't around, I wouldn't take a lot of pictures. I don't have, like, a little digital camera I take pictures with. I leave my phone in my bag whenever I'm climbing. But um, it's nice, especially if you're doing something really badass or something, like a big milestone, and you're really yeah. getting over a hump, and, like, he takes a picture of, like, some really awesome stuff. It's fantastic. I love it. I think that's completely different than taking a bunch of pictures of yourself or your food or, like, your vacation where you're not really... When it's just, like, a picture every five goddamn minutes. That's annoying, but I... There's value in in documenting where you've gone, who you've met, what you've seen, because it's so easy to forget things. Yeah. That's I what I like about photos is you, you do have some visual documentation of where you were. Right. What you did. What, what what was the lens you were looking out of? And then that's... That's what Skip always tells me. He's like, dude, one day you're going to be like 60, and you're going to be looking through your shit, and you're going to be like, oh, I remember. Where? What happened? I vaguely remember that. <laughs> but know? then, like, you can always have a record to go back on. For this, I think photography is fantastic. But all the rest of it, it's just, like, way overdone. Like, I think yeah. it's just, like, it's way too much of that indulgence and how awesome your day is and just posting it on Facebook. Yeah. You know. Well, maybe people are... It seems like a lot of times it's it's manipulating the image you're putting out to people rather than, I love this day, I love this just happened, and I want to share it with people in my life. There's where's a ton the, of... Where's the harm in that? There's a, a lot, It seems self-absorbed, uh, self-indulgent yeah. a lot of yeah. times. I've read articles about how your day is not as off like or like people are trying to make it look a lot like yeah. make this entire thing more important than it really was it's not really as exciting as your instagram or your facebook feed makes it out to be true often but i would my counter to that is how the fuck do you know how do you how does a person just randomly looking at your picture know what you felt when you're taking that picture yeah if the person Bottom line, you don't have to answer to anybody. If you Absolutely. felt something in the moment and took a picture and shared it with the world, fuck anyone who has a problem with it. Totally agree. You know? But a lot, but so It's just so prevalent is my point. I know. The, the prevailing activity of all of this detachment is what I'm basically... Yeah. You know, as Jesse Thorne would say, is stuck in my crawl. <laughs> Stuck in the crawl. Stuck in the crawl. Stuck in your crawl space. Yeah. But I had that same moment happen last week, and I came home, I was talking to Molly about this, and, and it's, uh, you know, I've done all these interviews over the years, but I've never, at the end of them, said, hey, can I get a picture with you? you mind if I take a picture with you right. that I can add to my archives of pic- people I've met? And yeah, you'd have and hundreds of pictures of famous... I know, and I've never done it. Like, 5% of me regrets that. And then the other 95% is like, it would just be too weird. It would be too, it, it would undermine whatever 
sense of self-respect I'm trying to have here and see you as an equal and talk to you as a, you know, have a one-on-one connection with you and then at the end of it I'm supposed to get your picture to document share with the world and show everybody who I just talked to. Yeah. It feels weird to me. It's like when celebrities talk about how, like, nobody wants an autograph anymore, they just want a picture. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I I agree. It's kind of a professional I've done it once. I did it once, and it wasn't even after an interview. It was just a drunken night at a bar, and we saw Larry David's um, wife, Cheryl, from Cougar (laughs) Enthusiasm. And when you're drunk, it's a lot easier to ask that question. Yeah. So Friday, Friday, I interviewed uh, the guy that does Bob's voice from Bob's Burgers. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, afterwards, I walked down the street with him for a few blocks. He was going home. and um, But it would have been just part of me be, that, that's trying to pump up this book and sell books and get on social media and have people pay attention. Yeah. You do something like, that, something like that is a, it's a, it's an easy sort of way to get people to, to look at least, glance. Yeah, you have the pull of the celebrity that you're... But I just couldn't do it. I didn't say, I didn't ask, didn't even think to ask until after we parted ways. So, I wish now, I kind of, like, half of me... I think after, like, a long interview session or something like that, I wouldn't feel so weird about it, rather than just seeing someone... Random. By happenstance, and then, and then, you know, accosting them. Like, the one time I got an autograph... um, I accosted this man, like, on Metro North Railroad, and I showed the autograph to my roommate at the time, and she's, like, looked at me and, like, kind of rolled her eyes, and she's like, you are not from around here. <laughs> and this is, like, you know, my first or second year in New York, and I was just like... Oh, Who was it? I think it's... I always forget his name. I always get it wrong. I think it's Michael Imperioli. Yeah. I think I've told you about this. Yeah. From The Sopranos. Yeah. And um, then I felt terrible afterwards, because... He was with his son. They were on the way upstate to do whatever the fuck they were going to do. And, you know, he's on the train. But I, I saw it's Chrissy. Chris. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I still have that in a moleskin somewhere. But, yeah, I wish I, I wish I hadn't done that. And that's the only time i ever done it. Yeah. Autographs yeah. are weird. It feels like it's a fun thing for a kid to do. Yeah, but as a 22-year-old man, don't do it. Yeah, you, the train has left the station. No, you know, you got you did it once, you know, you can't do it again. Yeah. And I'll continue to not ask people for photos at the end of 45-minute right. chats. Well, at the time, I wasn't really, like, on the higher end of dining where I waited on, you know, well-known celebrities and shit. So I really, the starstruckness of it got me. And that's probably watching Sopranos at the time, which I just, I'm finishing up right now. You are? Yeah. Again. Well, no, I watch it, like, all the time. Like, every year. You do? Yeah. It's fantastic. Not the whole run. Oh, yeah. The whole the whole bit. No shit. You've seen sure. it more than once from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, probably, like, five or six times. It's great. You know that. Yeah. Well, no wonder you got Christopher's autograph. That makes sense. I love The Sopranos. But it doesn't make it right. Makes it, well, it makes it less than wrong. Sure. A little less than wrong. It makes it a little understandable. Indiana, just off the bus from New York. Well, not York. just, but close. Well, quasi. Close quasi. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. So, um, guess what? 
What? In five, four, three, two, one. We are at one hour. Perfect. Boom. Mic drop. Not really. <laughs> Not dropping these mics. Don't be fucking dropping my mics. <laughs> um, all right. We're back in it. 2016 is going to be a fun year, right? I hope so. Jesus Christ. 2015 was not easy on me. Maybe that's our next episode. Next time, next time around, we will uh, catch up on what's happening at Kyle's Cantina. I will have some uh, info from our week-long trip to New Hampshire and yeah. Boston. I'm very excited to hear about this. <laughs> I cannot wait. I expect pictures also. Check us out Southeast. on Instagram and Twitter, at Bob Makala. M-A-K-E-L-A. You should know that by now if you're on episode 17. Yeah, you should know more than I do. And check us out. And uh, go to bobtimisticbooks.com and check out those books. I bet there's a book on there you'd like. There's got to be. I know, I'm sure of it. Something for everybody. Yeah, so if you got a book... Literally, right like, something for everybody. I think there is. There's a bunch of weird, awesome, crazy books. There's a... Yeah, we got your sex and... No drugs, rock and roll. Nah, we got no politics. Drugs? We got politics. There's some drug talk in at least one of those books. I know. I'm sure that is. Yeah. If I know you, Bob. Hey. <laughs> those kind of Not comments are why I still have cannot. Somali was telling me this. We can't get into another story here. You're just gonna. I was just gonna say that Molly was listening to the Simon thing, and she said, "You guys, you guys." What? She was not what do we? Near, she was not very complimentary. What? Just sound, I thought that was a great one. So did I. <laughs> she, sound, she said we sounded like we were unfocused and uh, a little bit inebriated. Hmm. You I have s- no idea what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm going to have to re-listen to that one. I've already re-listened to that. You have? Yeah. It's all right? Yeah. Well, shit. I just say let's keep on doing what we, what we do. I would like to revisit... Um, Talking to Ash and Cody and it's Cody, right? Yeah. Yeah. The guy from Bar Quebec? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean Cody's get, Cafe. We need to <laughs> We need to get Peyton back in here. I have an idea that I want I, I would love to make a short film that we have Peyton. I have an idea. Okay. Can you act and then you can we can get a performance Maybe. It's gonna be it's gonna be quasi well. So look for that. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. But lots to look forward to. So join us again on High Neighbors, and we'll see you next time. Ciao, y'all.